0: what's up it's wednesday march 29th thanks for tuning in to another week the podcast that gives you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics what's up it's a chasing points podcast episode 92 that's brandon i'm sam why are you laughing at me man i, I nailed it
1: no comment continue with your intro
0: <laughs> okay well we're back uh off last week but we're here now busy uh busy week ahead of us busy week behind us a lot going on it is spring happy spring Brandon how you been I'm all right been up and down but I'm okay how about yeah. yourself hey man every day is a new adventure yep just, that is just for happy sure. to be here so uh, uh, as I mentioned a lot of uh, lots unpack we have uh some NFL news certainly looking ahead as the baseball season starts this Thursday and NBA playoffs around the corner but Hayes, I think we we have to start um, with the men's and women's final four. Uh, some great games and in both tournaments leading up um, leading up to this past weekend where, you know, uh, I guess one of the big storylines here as we look ahead to the uh, well, I guess we'll start with the men here Uh, Saturday, April 1st, men's final four and uh the predominant thing you see here is no uh no top seeds in uh this year's contest but you know certainly it's been a been an exciting one uh FAU takes on San Diego State on a uh, Saturday afternoon night 6 p.m. Eastern time and then Miami and Yukon uh about 8:50 so uh your thoughts so far on the tournament and and looking ahead to uh to the final four
1: uh super great games thus far. Um, Every game has pretty much almost been a nail-biter, except for UConn's last game, uh, which was an absolute blowout. Last two games. From start to finish, uh, they've absolutely demolished them. So I'll I'll just start right there, Uh, seeing where UConn started off the season and how Dan Hurley has just reeled in this team, um, and and they've turned it completely around. I think before the tournament, they let off uh, 13 straight. Uh, just to come in, so they came in hot and they continue to be hot. But there, I also want to give a shout out to UConn's bigs because in this day and age, when it comes to basketball, you don't really think about bigs outside of the the Jokic and and the Joel Embiid's uh, and the Giannis's the Cupos of the world, right? It's 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 a guard world. Uh, you, you're thinking of spacing the floor, shooting lights out, Steph Curry range, uh, penetrating type things, uh, but that's you don't really think of the big man anymore. Um, so just seeing you kind of have two true big men. Um, it is absolutely wild with uh, Donathan, uh, Donovan and Klingon. And then uh, i how do you say his first name? I don't even remember how to say his name, even though I've heard it like mad times. Uh, Adama. San, Sanago, that's how you pronounce his last name. I, yeah, the I, I'm not sure on the, the I first forgot name. how to pronounce but, it. I've yeah. heard it like 20,000 times, but anyway. Um, just seeing Special how they played and absolutely sure. dominated uh, inside, and and they're playing bully ball. It's pretty much their bigs tower over everybody. I mean, Donovan is seven two, uh, and absolutely towering over people. Slow, just watching his pace just reminds me of old school like nineties basketball, uh, just running up and down the court. So, so for that, that's that's wild. But then uh, the story of the tournament, uh, Marquise Noel from Harlem, uh, went and left and played in Manhattan, Kansas, only to come back and shine in Manhattan in Madison Square Garden for K-State. Uh, just seeing the undersized guard, but absolutely crushing people uh, out there. Gets injured, still drops 20 points, uh, still has uh, 19 assists in the game. Just a wild experience to see that. It was pretty cool to see his brother was mic'd up and the people, the celebrities he brought out to the garden just to watch him. There was Cameron, there was uh, the Locks out there, so Jada Kiss and Styles P out there. So there's a bunch of people that just came out to see him play and support uh, a bunch of New York players there. So super cool. But then also, I think my biggest takeaway, Sam, is not people saying this is the year of the underdog, I say it's the year of seeing the playing field level because of the transfer portals. uh, These kids are going to where they want to go uh, after not just not being stuck in a college and, and riding the bench for all the four years that they have eligibility or five um, and being able to go to where they want and then working together to build a team that, we wouldn't see a FAU. We wouldn't see a San Diego State um, get to these levels if players weren't able to move around. And and I just love that players and talent is just good across the board. So for me, it's just a leveling in the playing field, not an under, underdog year, but I absolutely love it. Absolutely
0: love it. Yeah, man, I think you made an awesome point there with the, the portal just freeing up a lot of this talent that was just sitting on on the bench. You know, not waiting their turn, waiting to get into a rotation. And now they you know, they may not be at the the star schools, if you will, but they're finding places to play and um you know developing that talent and learning how to play as a team. Yeah, there's a I mean, I'll I'll focus on this UConn team. Obviously, you know, spending a lot of time in UConn have roots there too. Um certainly have watched them a little closer, but you know, it's it's a well even uh mix of of talent on this team they're playing old school basketball there's there's young guys on there of course um there's some older uh older age guys too and they're they're just playing good team basketball they came in hot we talked about it a couple weeks ago um we really liked how they came into the uh came into the tournament certainly taking care of uh, business in the big east and um just riding the hot hand there, and and Hurley's got them playing. They've you know they haven't made it close in the last couple games, and um, you know should be a should be a good one on Saturday night. I think you know I haven't looked at any of the odds or too much of that, but I have to imagine they're probably the favorite at this point to to take it all, just from a, a betting act uh, action and just the momentum that they they have coming in. But just really cool stories too, FAU. San Diego State, Miami, these teams are are nine and five seeds and the Yukon's a four seed. Like, so yeah, it's um you you brought this up a couple weeks ago. This is, you know, very tight. The competition on these teams going into the tournament was very close. There was, you know, certainly the one and two seeds get all the action on the books, all you know, all the love in the brackets, but uh there wasn't much that could differentiate a one seed from a four seed or uh in this case and just a lot of great basketball playing being played and this is the moment where like the cream rises to the top right the the the, the teams win these games at this point and um you know they it's it's just been fun to watch especially from you know i admit it i don't watch nearly as much college basketball as i used to but this is always a special time of the year and i've certainly um certainly been engaged. So um it's just been fun to watch.
1: Shout out to Princeton and, and fairly Dickerson as well Hell yeah, too, yeah. for the runs that they made this year too. It's it's just I love the quote unquote underdog. Uh but Cinderella to, right? to the point that you said, and I think that was so eloquently said, is this tournament is about teams. It's not about the the best player. Yes, sometimes the best player can will you. To the next spot, but Alabama had several of the best players, and they were the number one overall. And they're at home watching, just like you and I are. So, it's and that's no that's no shot at them. It just happens. It's it's you just it's just like any time during the playoffs, we watched it during football. As a team gets hot, that wasn't the team that we expected. And they get into a wild card game, and then they go absolutely nuts, right? And then it's it's just
0: you have to have that cohesion that team that team camaraderie and and just go from there so yeah it's something to be yeah. said about these elimination games too like one and done it, it you know the it anything can happen we've seen it What yep. was at K-State and yep. uh and Michigan State a couple weeks ago like overtime and then you know Michigan State lost like it just back and forth for for four quarters and then and then the, the extra time so I mean anything Anything's possible, right? I hate to use cliches with this, but I mean that's why you watch. You watch because you know the number one overall seed gets ousted pretty quickly, and uh, you know just saw it over the weekend. Most the brackets that were still alive were were busted when Houston got knocked out. Myself included, I was I think I was at 1.6 in my entire uh, company's like pool out of like over a hundred people, and uh, you know I had Houston. And again, I guess I don't nearly watch as much as you, but um had a pretty good feeling and and now they're home watching it just like you, me and you, as you mentioned. So it's it's crazy, Sam, because every year
1: everybody that fills out a bracket has a pretty good feeling. And then yeah, sure then the first five games your bracket gets busted, and it's like, well, I guess that feeling's gone. So uh
0: yeah, let's go into the women's because that's been extremely uh interesting too. Yeah, a uh, lot going on on the women's side, too. Again, the final four for the men started on Saturday or is on Saturday. Women's Friday, March 31st. Uh, number three seed LSU against Virginia Tech, 7 o'clock. And then Iowa, number two, Iowa. And, of course, number one. Are they number one overall? Yes, they are. Yeah, I'd imagine that. Again, watched the UConn games. And, sadly, uh, they got ousted over the weekend. But, um, you know, number one, Gamecock, South Carolina. Um and uh just I haven't watched enough of uh outside of Yukon I will admit that but these you know uh the women's bracket is no like secondary bracket these uh women play tough they play hard and um you know just been fun to watch and obviously what coach Saley and uh South Carolina have done over the last few years is you know they've really cemented um kind of that you know, their flag here and and you know, you see the power shift now in in women's basketball and something, you know, that uh, you know, Coach Oriama and UConn have had for so long and now it's like, you know, one of their own in a way. Um, you know, just cause she was on the staff and and you know, has ties there and um just uh they have to be the favorite to take this whole thing home and they're probably the favorite the entire time. But what's your thoughts on the the women's bracket, especially, uh, again, we'll mention. I haven't watched nearly as much as you, but uh,
1: the the game of Iowa against South Carolina is going to be very, very interesting because of Aliyah Boston for South Carolina, who is, in my opinion, the best player in college basketball. Absolutely. Um, but right there, if it, she's one A, one B, is Caitlin Clark. Who is playing for Iowa? And I basically call her Tagnus Everdeen, uh, because she is money from distance. Like she is straight archery at its best. She is has been uh called by plenty of people the female Steph Curry. Uh, but out of respect for her, I won't call her that. I will call her Caitlin Clark because she put in the work herself. Uh Steph is Steph, Caitlin is Caitlin Um, and she's doing what she needs to do, uh, she's literally, Steph played in the tournament, along with plenty of other shooters. She is the only basketball player, men's or women's, to have a 40-point triple-double in the history of the tournament. She is the only person to have that. She is an absolute baller. Uh, And what she is, is also extremely selfless as well. Uh, So I love how she plays. But then, as I mentioned before, Leah Boston is just so dominant. That Carolina team is absolutely so dominant. Um, So that should be a really, really good matchup. LSU has been, they've been playing extremely well. Uh, they've, They've come together at the right time. I haven't watched Virginia Tech like that to know that, but I've been seeing what LSU has been doing and the way that they've been playing in this tournament. They are hot right now. So I would not be surprised if I saw LSU beat Virginia Tech. Uh, but that'll be very, very interesting to see. I still, at the end of the day, have Carolina taking it at all, though. That's, that is, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, like hands down, first pick in WNBA draft when, you know, I'm, I yeah, think if she goes this year, April, yeah. if she goes out, um, no doubt. I, correction to uh, Don Staley didn't play for UConn. I know she coached with, with Gino at, at for USA basketball I get mm-hmm. I got confused there but you know certainly uh, they've had their tips in the in years past and um you know just words in the media and whatnot but uh yeah no and uh you know defending champs uh just yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun weekend and the women's finals Tuesday so you have some basketball on Tuesday um that's gonna be in Dallas and and the men monday in houston so the state of texas is alive with with college basketball um for sure so winners um winners uh for both uh both brackets who you got brandon yukon and carolina yeah yeah same i actually wrote in the you see it i wrote it right there i literally did see you write same and i laughed I wrote same same bro <laughs> same so that's our uh comprehensive uh March Madness update there, though, but a fun weekend ahead of basketball. And uh, last weekend was fun, too. Appointment watching for sure. Hey, headed over to the the NFL. We are getting closer and closer to a time where Daniel Snyder and his, I don't know, business, his family, whatever, will not be owning the Washington Commanders. There's a, a couple rumored bids to be in place. Here one with uh, the 76 uh seventy Philadelphia 76ers governor Josh Harris and uh some guy named Magic Johnson uh for six bil- billion dollars. There's also another one, another six billion dollar bid here um for the commanders, and that's just that's that's wild. I think that was what the Snyders were asking for. Um, Sam, say you know, say
1: the billionaire's last name. I can't. I know uh, that's why you avoided it <laughs> I know I was waiting everybody I know you were Sam waiting Sam to say the last name And he said another billionaire And I said like, Sam's trying to get I out of I don't know this. who he is I don't what either is. But I just wanted to hear you Try to pronounce the last name And you avoided it So I
0: wasn't letting you get away cause... I'm not going to say it Because if I were you mm-hmm. What I would have done Is clipped it And put it on Instagram like Nope no, I, I need
1: this for myself because I, I watched you. It's, I watched you go through Very, and I Greek. said, he was like, another billionaire had a I
0: was just like, Sam's not trying there's to multiple, put you that last name at all. There's multiple $6 billion <laughs> bids. What's this? You put this quote in here, Mike McDaniel's reaction to um, the valued price of the commanders. So, yeah, he was. Wow, they can't even. Uh, they're worth that much. And I couldn't get a free cup of coffee. <laughs> Literally what he said. Really? Word for word. He said that when Miami he Dolphin head coach. Brian yes. McDaniel? Yes. What? Literally
1: said that word for word. It is that's absolutely fantastic. hilarious. His reaction. He was like, wow. He was like, I couldn't get a
0: free cup of coffee. <laughs> it's crazy. It's um, oh, wild because he he probably was on those coaching staffs, right? With McVeigh and uh mm-hmm. Shanahan and mm-hmm. Papa Shanahan and all that. So that's wild, man.
1: Mm, Go figure,
0: a, right? He's a soundbite waiting to happen. So we're we're almost at a time where we can cheer for the uh, the commanders again. That's cool. I just don't see how a team could be worth six billion dollars and play in FedEx Field, which is like the dumpiest of dumps, right? In in the NFL, right? I, am I wrong? I I mean, I think, place I the place literally falls apart. I think the players. value is
1: probably more than that because it's more than just that. It's because of where it's at and it's, it's DC, it's the nation's capital. It's gonna there's a very popular area. The commanders are an extremely popular team. Um, So I can see that and and things are obviously more astronomical nowadays with inflation and whatnot. But I, I don't know if it's going to sell. I mean, I mean, at this point, there's no way that it's not going to sell for 6 billion. uh, if There's two bids for that. Um, But to be 1.1 billion less than the yankees franchise is wild to me um but (laughs) whatever uh but yeah i'm I'm very very intrigued to see how this happens and i'm more so excited for two things uh what you've said now twice which i'm going to drive home for the third time uh we cannot have the snyder family involved in nfl which would be absolutely great news Uh, And then Dame could actually be happy with his team uh, because he is a Commanders fan, no matter what he tells anybody else. Uh, Also, shout out to him because he is going to be absolutely stressed on Saturday at 850 because he is a Miami Hurricane football fan and he is a UConn basketball fan. Well, he loves everything Miami, but he's also a UConn basketball fan. So he's going to be stressed. He wins no matter what. But he's gonna be stressed the hell out. So
0: we, uh, yeah, there, there will be stress. I think I've been meaning to say this to you. I may have said this off air. We need like a bonus podcast where we just break down your sports allegiances and how they happen, (laughs) and and Dame can be part of this too. Like it's just you know, you think obviously I am on board with you cheer with for who you want to cheer for, right? Um, I'm I I have no criticism towards that. I absolutely like the red Sox don't necessarily like red Sox fans but i'm you know who cares if you live in new jersey and you want to cheer for the red Sox? that's fine i i don't care but i'm just every day i hear a new uh kind of connection or thing that you root for and i'm just like how did it happen how did this happen so that's a bonus pod we'll work on one day but um yeah yeah good luck to dame there uh,
1: <laughs> he will need it yeah i mean that- I'm yeah, intrigued like, to see if that that group uh, with Josh Harris and, and Magic pull it out. Um, that's just the way that Magic moves with his money. Is, is so wild to me. Like it's very, I watch it very very closely. Like that's a person that I pocket watch because I'm inspired. Like he just makes the right moves, and that would be a phenomenal purchase from them because of how they know how fans work. Right from Josh Harris to the Sixers from Magic to the Lakers to the Dodgers, right? Just being a part of that. They know how to make an atmosphere fan-friendly. And they know how to give a, the arena, stadium, the amenities that is needed to say make it a destination for people. And, and to your point, FedEx Field has not been a destination for anybody. Only the diehards really go there. And sometimes fans, like I've never said in my whole lifetime of being an Eagles fan yep. of them going down there. that I was like, yeah, I want to go down there to FedEx field and watch the Eagles play. Never in my mind. I've said, I want to go to, to uh, what you call Arlington to go see Dallas. Uh, I've seen the Eagles against uh, the giants in MetLife. I've I, I went to obviously the the Eagles uh, Lincoln financial, but I would never have never had said, let's go to FedEx. So that's, dude, I think that's, that's, that's a gonna good push.
0: That's a good point. I mean, we're both in the Northeast. We're probably Mm -hmm. four hours from the uh, the DMV, right? Like probably, give or take. I've been to D.C. a million times. It's less than an hour plane ride, too. Um, But yeah, it's just not a destination. I think winning solves a lot of that, too. Uh, Willingness to use the money that you, Mm -hmm. you know, cheat away from the NFL and from other teams, too, uh, allegedly. (laughs) <laughs> you know that could be uh you know could could bring people there's been times where you know all throughout the 2000s he just uh the snyder's just threw money everywhere at all these overpriced or just players and it 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 didn't result in anything but albert Haynesworth, Haynesworth, yeah uh that that's the one that certainly uh comes to mind first right um uh, yes. what, a, what a colossal bust as far as like free agent signings go in more ways than one but um, you know, yeah, winning, winning solves that. And, uh, too, but when you have the right people behind you, does does magic still have stake in the Dodgers? I think he sold, sold the race. He's still owned part of the Dodgers. I know he was. No, I think part I think of that he might've
1: sold stake in the Lakers. Maybe. I think he's still part in the Dodgers. I don't, I think it might yeah, be. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I'm not sure either, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Sam, if I'm driving all the way down that way, I'm going to see the Ravens. And that might change depending on the next guy on what happens to him. That's a nice segue. Then. That's Lamar. Um, so we've we've been back and forth about this on the pod, Sam. You and I. We've we've saw the non uh non exclusive franchise tag, which allowed Lamar to go out here and talk it up with any team and get deals. That has not happened yet. Um, he hasn't been moved. There hasn't been at least not uh outworth of what we've heard in the media there's been no teams that are have flat out made an offer yet um we've heard collusion we've heard so many other things and now as of when you guys hear this two days ago uh lamar on monday to be exact at this exact time that his coach went to speak Well, there goes my dog going again. Crazy. Appreciate that. Um, special, <laughs> uh, he guess he guess he didn't day. like guess he didn't like to talk on Lamar either. But um, That's but yeah, how you really feel, Kyle. <laughs> he, he he did he did. Um, but with that being said, Lamar has come out and said the same time
0: that on March second that he requested to be traded from the Ravens. Oh, that Instagram post was posted while John Harbaugh was doing it. literally
1: as he went out, the tweet, the tweet, literally as he went out to speak to the media, the the same time that happened, which Lamar is obviously not stupid, knows what's going on. Of course, he put that out and then that was it from there. And so for me, again, he's been very calculated with everything that he's done. He doesn't speak too much in the media whether you agree with it or not has been very calculated this whole way through and it put coach Harbaugh on the spot immediately like that that I'm sure the whole conversation was going to be about Lamar anyway but right, then that just course. added to it like it just was like Lamar was just sitting there like hey gasoline let's just let's drop this on this open flame let's see what happens right you now you want to do me
0: like that Oh yeah I'll, yep uh, yeah.
1: so uh i my question to you Sam is because I've had this conversation now with multiple people. Does Lamar get traded or does he stay put? Because with to me, with that non-exclusive, it changes, it changes the fact of it, they didn't have the exclusive tag, right? The exclusive tag, like he's there no matter what. With a non-exclusive, he doesn't have to sign it, which means he would basically sit out and he wouldn't get fined anything. He doesn't have to play. He wouldn't sit out. But then again... That means that the longer he doesn't sign that, the longer he can't be moved to another team if the Ravens don't want to move him. Because they do have certain leverage in this situation.
0: Right? Yeah. I think it's... uh, I've probably said this last time we talked about it. I know I've talked to you about it off the air. Um, This isn't the best situation if you're looking to get value for Lamar Jackson, if you're the Ravens. Because the the market is set at those two first round picks, and then you pay him what you offer him. So that's not in the best interest of the Ravens trying to get, you know, what what Deshaun Watson fetched from uh the Browns or what the Browns sent the Texans for Deshaun Watson, right? Like a three first round picks, a bunch of like pick swaps or whatever, whatever it was. they the Ravens are are kind of have a hand tied behind their back here because they uh you know the the market is now two first round picks as part of that non-exclusive tag so you know i would i thought when that happened when he first was given that tag he didn't sign it but was i guess offered it or or placed on him if you will i thought it was going to be easier to move lamar because of that at first I was like, ah, maybe no one, you know, everyone kind of respects the Ravens. Maybe nobody wants to really like, you know, stir the pot here, but I thought it'd be easier because um, again, I've said it twice already. The market is set for him. It's, it's, it's really a steal. If you believe that the Lamar Jackson Jackson that won an MVP and is, you know, on a per game basis is just dynamite. Like, If you believe that's who you're getting, it's a no, and you need a quarterback. It's of course I'd give up only two first round picks for it, and then you got to pay him. But you're gonna look what Daniel Jones made. You'd rather have you'd rather have Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's.
1: This has been my biggest stance with this whole situation,
0: and I understand why the Giants paid Daniel Jones. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you got to pay the crappy quarterbacks too, even worse than Daniel Jones. I don't I, I don't think the stance is the money
1: I, I, don't, I don't think the so stance either. is I, I think, don't think it's so either. the only stance that I think it is here that is prolonged in this situation is these two words fully guaranteed that is the only thing that is stopping this from happening is fully guaranteed and this as you mentioned his name I'm going to mention his name again this has been Lamar's talking point. Sure. Obviously, we're not in the room. We're not in negotiations. We don't know everything that's been said whatnot. We just know the, the rumor contract, which was three years, $133 million guaranteed from Lamar's own mouth. Um, in, in totality, I think it was 200 but 133 was guaranteed. Uh, this conversation has imploded... And has been this blown up not just because of his talent it's because of the market quote unquote that was set right. by Deshaun Watson but in reality all the other owners outside of the Browns organization are looking and saying that was an absolutely stupid contract it's the browns being the browns doing stupid stuff as they normally do they went out and they wanted to get their guy we they went said out it, and they had all happened. this money yeah i know we did we, I, I know, know. Did. I, I know <laughs> they, they went out and spent all this money on Deshaun with all of the baggage that he now has, which he once didn't have, right? If if this would have been Deshaun before all that and they offered him money in the way that he sure. was trending, yep, 100%. I don't think this would even have been an issue whatsoever. No. Like It would have been fine, right? But being that he had all that baggage, Lamar's sitting here like, well, I don't get in trouble. Right, which is what everybody wants in their quarterback a guy that doesn't get in trouble, a guy that's a leader, a guy that's likable, a, a guy that's marketable, so on and so forth. Lamar has all that.
0: A guy, and who, he also won the MVP, yeah. And a guy who was told he can't do this and it, he went and he ahead and did to do it. it exactly. And then you don't exactly. want to see, you know, he shouldn't run as much. The dude puts up a billion passing touchdowns and yes. wins an MVP, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, There, there might be. I, I don't quite understand. Um, I, I do, and that's is. why. That's what I'm getting to. It's, it's.
1: I also feel, Sam, is that you and I, we both identify as men. Okay, I'm saying that to be PG and PC and all that, right? And in growing up, we have which, which I say plagues people. At least that what I've been around and what I've seen is your ego, right? It's the male ego. And what we've seen over the years is people downright say that Lamar can't do this. Lamar can't do that. He's never going to be this. He can't pass. He can't do all this stuff. All the stuff that they said he couldn't be, as you just mentioned, he has done and has excelled over everything that they've said. So all these anonymous GMs that we keep hearing or defensive coordinators saying I, if I had an option to have Lamar and start him right now, I I wouldn't choose him. He's not a franchise guy. All these anonymous people, they're standing on their, their rock and saying, you know what? I got to go down with the ship. Cause my pride was we watched Lamar go and go and go. And we didn't choose him because we didn't think he was that. And he keeps excelling. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to die on this shit. And I feel that some ego that is going on in this league is, they just don't want to see this young man excel. So yeah, he keeps right. doing this
0: over and over. Right, again. and I mean the the guy who comes to mind publicly is Bill Polian saying yeah. he's a running back. Yeah, and clearly thirty plus teams passed on him because he was the last pick in the uh, in the first round, and I believe the Ravens traded back into the first round with the Eagles. Him. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, traded back in there because that was the year after they won the Super Bowl. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, So you're saying, but by that logic, it you know it couldn't be that the Ravens were the only team that thought Lamar Jackson could do this. I understand that wanting to give a quarterback fully guaranteed money, um, you know, football is the only major sport that doesn't have guaranteed money. Yes, and Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like one of those things. I I don't blame them for wanting it. If if we were both hosting this podcast and you made twice what I made or vice versa or whatever it you know you'd still do the podcast but there'd be a part and money's not everything I know money's not everything to you it's certainly I know you well enough it's same same to me but if I was making twice what you were making or vice versa it's kind of like why can't I get what Brandon gets I do the same amount of work my name's on the podcast too so I, I totally understand him and I think where I think where he hurts himself is he doesn't have an agent Mm-hmm. And well, that much, doesn't help. But I think it. I think it. I don't know who's speaking on his behalf. If it's just completely him, if it's you know a, a family member or maybe a close friend or something, he's got. He obviously, is not doing this entirely alone. But mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like there is probably some disadvantages to not having someone who knows who knows how it's done. Now that doesn't mean I'm a big component of just because we've always done something this way doesn't mean it's the right way to do it you know that i agree with that so kudos to him but i i just feel like there's probably some disadvantages to him not being experienced in in doing this although publicly he's doing everything the right way right he's not saying anything he's not being he's not being mean he's just you know he's Politely saying, putting out information at strategic times, and he's not saying too much. I'll I'll even go further and say I don't care if he's doing
1: it politely or not. Oh, I, mean, I, don't, they, I don't. These care players either. need to get their share because this is this is the problem with sports in general. Is that these owners, uh, these these colleges, so on and so forth, are so pissed, and they they got to make all this money, and the players, the actual reason the people are there to watch, not the owners, not the college. They're there to watch those players. And when these players want to get their piece of the pie, which is why college should have been way ahead of the game and said, you know what? Let's give you players a piece of the pie because now they're getting the NILs and now they're all complaining about these guys getting this money and getting their pockets lined. Well, guess what? If I'm that guy that's popular now in college, right? And let's just say I don't train, I don't, I don't uh blossom into anything on the next level. Yeah. I made a good amount of money now. Right? I made my money now and that's it. Now, let me go to the NFL. We're talking about fully guaranteed. Would you take Kirk Cousins over Lamar Jackson?
0: I I think it would depend on what kind of offense but no. Okay. No. Now, I I'm, would I'm I'm saying that because
1: that's the last time I saw well Kirk Cousins has he he had got twice. a Exactly. Twice.
0: Fully guaranteed.
1: Fully guaranteed. Yeah. extension I, I, was, too. This is, this is why a lot of people are thinking that there's collusion going on here. There's a lot of people because he's Lamar is going out here doing this on his own, saying, nope, I know what I want. I know the money. I'm going to do this. I know my value. And that's it. Betting on himself, which I would never, ever knock anybody betting on himself. We just watched a whole magnificent season by Aaron Judge. Obviously, it's a completely different sport. Baseball money is different, but
0: watching him go through this and I, I just hope and Lamar. Wins. I said he was wrong for doing it and yeah. I I was wrong. I admitted I was wrong mm-hmm. and yeah. Lamar played this season and he he got hurt again, which well, that's I, another I, knock on him. Yeah, that's a knock on him. Mm-hmm. I, I like Lamar. I would want him as I don't understand why the Jets are not even I heard something someone passed along one of my Joe friends Douglas said, saying that it's they said not they even, weren't even entertaining it what again but, first off it's your old boss so like if you used to work somewhere and you have a good relationship with someone don't you think it's a little bit easier to just have the conversation
1: well first well you off, know you know why they're saying they're saying they're not well, even worried about Lamar
0: they they, they don't want to piss eric rogers exactly <laughs> that's the well, only reason i understand reason. Mm-hmm. i understand
1: they're saying they may say that publicly, but, you know, Joe Douglas, like, you yeah, know, we're not place. doing that. Who but knows? he's sitting over here just like this. Lamar, yeah, yeah. I am lying my ass off right now to you. I am 100% interested in you. That could be the case. But we're there. I, that, that, listen, if Joe Douglas, as smart as I say, Joe Douglas is and has known that uh, has known him to be. There is no damn way in my mind that he's not saying that publicly facing and not being like Lamar. Listen, we are right. trying to get him right now. Don't think I don't want you. That's where we put all our eggs in our basket. But listen, if we don't get him, we're we're coming to talk to you. So just know that. So, and under, I, Lamar understands it's a business. So, I mean, let's just jump right into that person anyway, Sam.
0: Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, uh, Joe, Joe Douglas said, uh, cutting you off here, but Joe Douglas basically just said he's in no rush for a trade. Um, we're not where we need to be, but we're in a good place. Um, we're going to let this process play out stone stone cold right there like just mm-hmm. hey we're not on rush like they i mean if if this doesn't happen and we didn't really get to react to it um, we weren't we weren't on the air last week after you know we knew the decision was coming the next day or the day the pod came out with Pat McAfee but um yeah i would you know they're probably they probably feel really confident it's reported that they feel confident but i you know, if it doesn't work out, that's a that's a scary place if you're a Jets front office, you're Jet fans. Certainly Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's probably career in New York depends on being able to get this done and succeeding with it. So there's that. It's it's a stalemate. Um, I heard something about contingencies with draft picks in case Aaron Rodgers retires at the end of the year, which again, and I've, I've said too, if we get Aaron Rodgers, we—I'm a diehard Jets fan. If you're new to the podcast, if we get uh, Aaron Rodgers, we're going to go through this same song and dance next year. Whether we win a Super Bowl, whether we miss the playoffs, it's going to be this like hemming and hauling, Like where where are we going from here? But I I think the Jets are are playing this right. I I think they have the leverage. It's going to—I don't think anything's going to happen until after the draft at this june 1st um you know I, I think there's some money due or something like that some friends were telling me but the packers obviously want this to happen now so yeah. they can clear that money get picks in this year's draft whether mm-hmm. it's a 13th overall or you know second round pick or something like that but jets are like well, oh, why should we have to do this we're taking on all this money he doesn't want to play for you mm-hmm. and uh we're gonna give you a first round pick now he might retire at the end of the year. Yeah. No, no thanks. Yeah. And then I'm hearing the asking price uh, that the
1: Packers won. They're like multiple first round picks. And it's like, as a Jets fan, whereas a Jets GM, uh, I'd be like, absolutely not. There's too many variables here. Aaron Rodgers literally went to like the past since you guys drafted Jordan Love. He, every year, he's basically been like, I don't know if I'm going to retire or play or not. Like, ever, do you think that he's just going to change his stripes? is when he gets over the Jets. No, Aaron Rodgers is
0: Aaron Rodgers, right? And you know, yeah. yeah and he went it's... scorched earth when Jordan Love was drafted. He admitted mm-hmm. that it pissed him off mm-hmm. or just upset him, even though he likes Jordan Love. And obviously he was in the same situation, what, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But he went scorched earth, Won two back to back MVPs or a back to back MVP. It made it sound like there was four um, <laughs> and I i'm on board with this because i feel like once he comes to the meadowlands he's going to go scorched earth again because he's not done yet quote unquote you know it's like one of these things so i you know obviously i don't want to give up more than i have to but look at joe douglas's trades in the last couple of years what he got for jamal adams oh, yeah. uh you know uh what he got for sam darnold what he got to move up for uh elijah vera tucker i mean I hated that we got rid of Elijah Moore last week, but I'm sure you, you did. Know, that situation was kind of already sealed, unfortunately. The he's very good at what he does and and making trades. If you if this was Madden, you had to give the GM a grade. It's an A.
1: Well, if this was Madden, if this yes, Madden.
0: Madden wouldn't let you do the damn trade because Madden is the most strict damn game better. that you play. That
1: you can't do trades
0: that you want to do. It's but ridiculous. If it, if it was five six years ago quote-unquote in his prime yeah you give mm-hmm. you get you, you, they get what deshaun watson was worth what some of these big trades are worth but not with this not with a 39 year old quarterback that's making the most money in the league and mm-hmm. doesn't want to be there it does it doesn't add up i i said G U you before
1: if I'm sitting here with this whole situation and I, and I get why Joe is just sitting here. He's like, you know, we're just played out. He has a, a great relationship with good So it's, he's going to have He good actually just said that today. I think uh, when we're recording this on Tuesday uh, that he, they have a great relationship. They've, they've worked together before. So I'm sure they're going to try to do what's best on both ends. And they're going to have to come to a compromise at some point. So the, the jets are going to have to give up a little bit more than what they want, but the Packers are also going to have to sit there and not get everything that they want, too. To your point, if the Jets are taking on a bulk of that money, you guys got to do something for us because we're not going to give away our whole future and all this money and, and do this and impact our roster. And you guys basically aren't doing anything, like you know, because at the end of the day, and I'm sure no Jets fan wants to hear me say this, but at the end of the day, if they don't get Rodgers, the Jets don't lose anything, they still have the, uh, the 13th pick, right. They still have a young core that they can continue to build off. They added some good pieces there with Lazard, what, whatnot, and they then have an opportunity to shift their mindset to the person that I said they should try to get, which is Lamar Jackson, because he is younger. He he gives you more than what Rodgers does, at least uh, rushing-wise. I'm not saying he's a better passer at all. I'm not. Um, but Lamar can handle his own. I mean, he's a he's a league MVP. You don't just get that handed to you. So, I, I'm intrigued. I'm 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 absolutely intrigued to see what happens. But I, I would like to see Aaron go to the Jets. Being that I go to a Jets game once a year, and I'll finally be able to get to see him live. So, sure, let's let's do it.
0: Same, bro. Same. This year is gonna be that Jets game's gonna be
1: hype. Yeah, that Jets Bills
0: game will be crazy. Not in our house. I'm still what? mad about that Bills fan. Anyway. Hey, you know what's like? Well, I guess when you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's on tomorrow, Major League Baseball season. We're here. We made it, bro. You excited? Oh. I have to say. Wait, 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 wait. You put this on the rundown and you skip
1: over number zero. Oh, I skipped it. Oh, you man. Skip number zero. Hey, you're bro. disrespecting my team right now. For what they put in and submitted here. So now make up and redeem
0: yourself, sir. You know, it had it as zero. So it's just wow. Empty. So I skipped it, but I put this on the rundown. Mm -hmm. Hey, the league, the league being the NFL, because, you know, I'm an idiot. Just skipped over stuff. They (laughs) voted on Tuesday to allow all players other than offensive and defensive linemen to wear the number zero. The proposal was submitted by Brandon's Philadelphia Eagles and allows kickers and punters to use any jersey numbered 0 to 49 or 90 to 99. And I heard one GM basically or one executive say this will be helpful. No one questioned it. Everyone just voted for it because there's a number crunch. We're all dealing with a numbers crunch. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like it makes sense. I understand. I mean, you know, 1 to 10, everyone wants to be a single, you know, single digit there and there's not a lot of them go around, especially when you add the retired numbers. But, you know, what? Well, cool. I,
1: do you I'm, care? I'm now? happy for care? it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm happy for it because, I mean, it's a number. It should be available. I mean, one of my favorite basketball players, even though it's not the same sport, where's number zero, as in Dame? Um, zero has become way more popular in recent memory, which I absolutely love. Um, so, yeah, just continue to have that. Uh, and continue to go with that. that's just what I want to see. But uh, to your point, that's a very, very valid point because they're definitely running out of numbers, and I think that's happening across the board in sports because so many numbers are being retired to to the point that we're probably going to start seeing like triple digit numbers in like the next ten years, which I would not be surprised. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I wish that. I, it's it's kind of like with with politics and laws <laughs> when you want something to really get changed that really matters really affects you get something else to like well we gave you this instead and i think in this it should have been the past interference and how how that call is happening and how much problems still go around the past interference like i really think they need to fix that and i know that was topic of discussion but they just really didn't put that forth a uh, forward so you would have like much when rather there's... seen that
0: there's like a health care bill or something, and yeah, like earmark exactly. like stuff it with random crap that has nothing to the do things with things that matter. Yeah. Health, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Health yeah. care Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. So yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's not a shock. This is it kind of just is what it is. But
0: I God. yeah, I was also gonna say I also read that they voted the owners voted to allow sports books in um, inside the arenas. Inside so, the, the stadiums there, Stadium. anywhere where obviously gambling is legal. So that's that'll be cool. I mean I know the metal lands <laughs> hold, hold your right horses Sam. and hold your horses. Well that could be cool and that could also be very, very bad. Cause depending on
1: how much money you lost, that is a fight waiting to happen right in that arena. Just just imagine going in there, Sam, and you you had a surefire bet in your head and you say, you know what? Now remember, alcohol is flowing. You know what? I'm gonna put 500 that they're gonna win this second half, (laughs) right? You walk in there, and then your team loses by a field goal, or let's just say they lose by safety. You don't think that person's gonna come out and rage and just punch the first person that they see? Like I just see that going, and I don't hate trying to look at things in such a negative light on the opposite end because it could be very, very fruitful in the excitement on the other end if you win right there betting on your team. But Lord, if you lose. In some people's short fuses. Hey, ugh, could be I bad, guess it Sam. makes it
0: easier to place a bet, but you could just do it on your phone. True. I, I think True. I have four sports books apps on my phone. I know you do. Like it's just so, I've actually deleted I, I all it. my
1: sport ones. I've actually deleted all my betting apps. Surprisingly. There's no more NBA parlays for you? <laughs> I haven't done I haven't bet on any sport in probably
0: a year now. Really? Yep. Well, I, I know you weren't going to bet on your Eagles. I knew. No, you absolutely weren't. not. I don't bet on my teams. Number one rule: don't bet on your team. Yeah. All right, Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of, can we tie these two together? Yeah. Recently reinstated wide receiver Calvin Ridley will be the first player to wear number zero for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good for him. He was suspended for betting on football. I'm happy he's back. Wow, I'm happy that segue happy. happened.
1: Yeah, Hey, he's let's.
0: Back. let's talk about baseball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Baseball's back. We're excited. I know I, I've noticed a little uh skip in your step when it comes to our New York Yankees, because I'm just going to take a second here and just say I'm really happy because the number five overall prospect in baseball, according to MLB.com and the Yankees number one prospect will be our uh, starting shortstop on opening day and hopefully for a generation to come. Anthony Volpe uh is has been named to the Yankees opening day roster uh really just pumped to uh this uh, just a really good kid humble kid and he you know he does a lot of things really well uh he he's a great runner great fielder he's already made a couple great plays just in the last week let alone spring Mm -hmm. training and he's got some pop too so really excited about this kid and and on a personal level like he's just a genuinely really good kid and um it's just uh it's just cool uh it's cool to see it and uh really excited on that note. But I know Foulpie's got you pumped too.
1: He does. But I'll save my excitement for later. Okay. Get into our rules. Cool. Hey,
0: uh so with the baseball season, uh there's some new rules. Uh, and I I'll, I'll read them. Let put my glasses. On. <laughs> wow, Sam. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh I know a lot has been talked about about these uh new rules uh that were implemented in the off season. And we haven't really touched on them too much here, but we'll go over a uh, number one, well documented and complained about already. The pitch timer, so 15 seconds with the bases empty, 20 seconds with runners on. Um, that's the amount of time that the pitcher has to be uh, to deliver a pitch. They have to be in a certain part of their you know uh, sequence by a certain amount of time. Batters need to be in the box by like eight seconds or something like that. Um, so, so there's that and, and hitters get one time out per plate appearance. So that means like putting your arm out to the, ump, stepping out of the box. So you're not going to see the nomar Garcia para Chuck now block. Let me, uh, redo my batting gloves kind of thing anymore. And, uh, pitchers are also going to get what they're calling two disengagements. So essentially like stepping off the mound or throwing a pickoff move on that third pickoff attempt. They have to nail the guy, get him out. If they don't get him out, it's a balk. I I think it's a balk, um, because the, the runner would advance to second or third base, or, or in this case, home to Um, and it would not count as a stolen base, so I'd assume it'd be a, a balk there. So. I'm gonna
1: save my question for you at the end because I really need to know what you think. But continue, yeah. sir.
0: Yeah, uh, number two, which, well, I guess with number one, we've already seen how streamlined a baseball game has been. Uh, just, oh, yeah i they, love that i love they, how quick it's been going yeah, yeah. totally they've used this data uh, or they use these rules in AAA last year so mm-hmm. a, a lot of the players that i just mentioned volpe a lot of them are familiar with it in some regard but it's really short in time of play time of play from last year in the in the minors uh you know made the game quicker and, and more digestible to mm-hmm. you know even a hardcore baseball fan here um and the game's been significantly shorter throughout the spring as it was. I don't think it's been this short since the spring of 2006. And that was the first time they really started uh, kind of doing a pace of play kind of data or something like that. Um, So number two, I'm really excited about, too, is the shift restrictions. You're not going to see any more third baseman or the shortstop on the second base side of the bag playing in the outfield there so it's gonna enable more hit and run and uh you know gonna help out some of these lefty hitters that get shifted on like the uh Anthony Rizzo's the Corey Seegers and whatnot um so four infielders need to have both feet on the dirt or on the infield grass there and then the last one bigger bases first base second base and third base is going from 15 inches to 18 Uh, so the bigger bases should uh, I guess the emphasis there is player safety I guess minimal um, injuries have happened with these bigger bases down 13 percent with you know injuries by the bag if you will and uh, the distance reduced from home to first uh, and home to third is reduced by three inches that's going to be significant there and uh, four and a half from first to second and second to third there so and and the ghost runner rule, which I know we're both not fans of, is here to stay. I don't really mind the ghost runner. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. I don't like it in the playoffs, but um, and I don't like this pitch timer in the playoffs. That would be my caveat there. But I am totally down with with all of these rules.
1: Okay. Um, well, that was going to be my I'll question to you because yeah. I mean, it this is this is not the baseball. This is not your your dad's baseball or the baseball that we grew up watching. This is these are fundamental changes, or these little incremental changes, or things that we never saw before, and now are changing the game. Now, I, I know obviously every game evolves as as technology uh, becomes stronger, analytics becomes stronger. Uh, so you're
0: completely okay with with most of these changes, or if not all. I like that the game is easier to digest for for most people. I have friends um that are you know sports fans but not huge sports fans they can't mm-hmm. name every member of the yankees like we can or mm-hmm. of their favorite team or something like that and they've been able to sit and watch these games okay um that's that's exciting i mean to be able to to watch a game in two and a half hours instead of three hours and 15 minutes or so like it's kind of make a difference especially when there's 162 of them on um throughout the year there too so and they you know they've play five to six times a week so um you know i I like it uh you know hopefully it gets more attention onto the game because the biggest snack was it takes too long blah 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 i i get it like there i saw like a a meme or a video on instagram that showed bryce harper's home run against the padres and the amount of time in between uh, i think joe musgrove was pitcher and like the amount of time between pitches and that wouldn't have happened if it was for the um the pitch clock, right? Like the yeah, the, the, the momentum there, the uh kind of that atmosphere, you're not really taking that in with a pitch timer. That's why I hope they kind of amend some of this for the playoffs, but overall I like it. I don't understand how bigger bases is a safety thing. I I mean, I get it there's more room on the bag to maneuver, but um you know, that's that's these uh tie go to the runner kind of plays at first that's gonna significantly uh be changed there a bigger advantage to the runner uh and you're gonna see stolen bases go up too so which is it's fine it's it's playing more small ball like i get it i like it. i i I don't mind any of it i i think
1: i could really care less about most of the stuff like the shift It doesn't really bother me so much because I mean I've watched the shift my whole entire life, played in a shift in my in my time of playing baseball. So I know it's gotten more aggressive with the analytics over the years. Like just seeing like the whole team shift in one one uh, closer to the infield where the other the third baseman is basically playing shortstop, right? Like I get it. Um, My thing always to that has been Sam was if you don't want the shift then become a versatile hitter that can hit all over the field. And guess what? They got to play you straight up. Do you see them shift for Trout? Well, Trout's a right-handed hitter. But if he just only pulled and he never went to right field, they would have to do what? Shift, right? Sure. Yeah, you're right. So if if you're a player that can only hit to one side and you're a pull hitter, team is going to adjust to that so that part. i mean it's always been a part of the game to me so i'm kind of just like "Eh," on that um but i I think my favorite if i had to choose a favorite out of the whole thing is just speeding up the uh the the pitching uh because it takes forever uh i just sent sam earlier today uh, nestor cortez doing a quick pitch and the rule with that it can't happen unless the batter and the pitcher have eye-to-eye contact which that he then followed up to do one of his quirky pitches and just essentially wait forever and dangle his leg <laughs> and then pitch it, right? So I know Nestor does it because he's just fun. It's part of the game, which I love that. And it, nothing else happened with that. But I'm just happy that happens because I, I always feel Sam and always have felt at least for my adult years of watching baseball, which is it's where I started to lose the love for it. It's like I can put on a game. And I literally can go shopping at the grocery store, um, go to the gym, and then still come back. And there's still like an hour left of the game, <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, all right, I, I kind of want this to go. And it-, it started to become background noise for me, too. So, and-, and I always felt that when I went to the game, game goes like that, right? And I, I want to watch, but I don't want to be sitting here all day watching one game. I just don't. When there's so many other games yeah. that could be of the time
0: so that's that's a good point I'd, I'd say with the shift thing players were much more okay i'm not gonna hit the ball you want me to hit the ball the other way i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna just hit it out of the yard and it's turned into a three true outcomes game where it's your three true outcomes you either strike out you walk or you hit a home run like that's it and you get these feast or famine kind of guys i mean Someone like Joey Gallo is an outlier with this, right? You're going to hit under 200. He's going to hit 30 something home runs, but he's going to strike out over 200 times. Like yeah, those are that's the extreme case of this. But we've seen baseball in the last couple of years. They own Rawlings now. They've juiced the baseball after years, probably 2015 to 2020. The ball was significantly juiced, if you will. Like, I think the height of it. If you look at data, it was like 1819. The ball was just flying out of the yard. You don't see guys like DJ LeMayhew hitting 20 bombs anymore because yeah. the ball is different. And each stadium has humidors now. So they're trying to just make small ball a thing, stolen bases, getting on base, you know. Um, so I mean, we'll see where it goes. I'm excited about it, but yeah, I'm right, I'm right with you with the timer. I just an easier game to watch is um definitely definitely uh in the best interest of most baseball fans yeah especially when baseball comes about in season it's
1: gonna be in the midst of basketball playoffs yeah hockey playoffs you know what i mean like you have this going on it's like i don't want to sit here all night and have to watch my yankees when i want to watch uh steph curry on the west coast you know what i mean like eventually right you know for us or another team i don't want to sit here all day and have to focus on my favorite team that's going to be playing for 3 hours and I want to see what happens then you turn the channel cuz you just like okay I'm over it and then you come back and it's like oh I missed all that but we're still playing <laughs> got yeah. it right so I'm just kind of it is what it is but uh let's get into our picks for the year though let's what we got Sam what you got first
0: man yeah so let's let's do it just kind of I I guess we'll just name the division and we'll say who we think we'll win and if we have any notes there and then we'll pick the wild uh three wild card teams as you know well the first the number one seed gets a buy um if you will the number one the best record in each league so there's three wild card games i like the wild card format from last year i wasn't sure i was gonna like it but it, it had some enjoyable baseball and i think it puts a little more emphasis on not only winning the division and getting that home game but now avoiding a potential first round exit too so that's that's certainly important um so with the east I you know not going to spend too much time on this I I think it's the Yankees I am worried that uh I mean hopefully deal with all these injuries now Severino's hurt Carlos Rodan is on the men there Harrison Bader's hurt. um you know they uh Trevino's uh the pitcher Lou Trevino's on the the IL Tommy camley there's there's a lot going on uh the the medical staff is in uh overtime here in New York but I I just think they're not only the best team in in the al East which is going to be as tough as it's ever been uh, I think they're the best team in baseball um when they're healthy and they're clicking so hopefully that happens I don't expect judge to hit sixty two home runs but um you know I I like what they're doing. I'm a fan of Volpe, as I mentioned. Some of these pitchers I really like, especially in the bullpen. And uh I, I just like the versatility of that this team has grown to have, and I think they're gonna win the East. All right, my brother Sam said all that, and I'm just gonna say the Yankees. <laughs> so there's that. Cool. Uh, what do you got for AL Central? I, I'm going the Guardians here. They uh they won the central last year lost to the yankees but uh they know how to put together a pitching staff um they do a great job there i mean you remember like the um you know like Corey kluber's of the world but now it's like shane bieber you have tristan mckenzie just he's gonna be out for a couple months but you have you have some great pitching there some a great bullpen and i think jose ramirez is probably the most underrated star in in baseball he's a third baseman so he's definitely going to have an mvp type season as he usually does and i i think the guardians are by far the best team in the the central
1: i have the twins winning uh i think they finally put it together uh but i think that race is going to be extremely close between them and the Guardians. so i could see it going either way but i'm just
0: gonna throw a shot in the
1: dark twins yeah
0: like it man that's it yeah. I mean, if you look at the start of most seasons and you look at the end, it's like, wait, we didn't see that coming. You know, so uh, the Phillies were, you know, they fired Joe Girardi. They were going nowhere fast. And uh, they turned around. They almost won a World Series like they were there. So like anything is possible. We saw what the Nationals did years ago. Right. They were in like last place of Memorial Day and they ended up winning a World Series. So so anything's possible there. It's not it's not a long shot at all. Um in the West I'm picking the Mariners i this is you know not I I wouldn't say this is the most popular pick knowing how I mean the Astros just won a World Series and they continue to lose guys and they continue to still get better it's it's crazy I think they have a um, you know great pitching staff the Astros but I really like what the Mariners are doing adding Luis Castillo having uh Robbie Ray won a Cy Young a couple years ago and If you don't know who Julio Rodriguez is, he's one of the best young talents in in baseball, and he's a lot of fun to watch, and he'll be anchoring center field out there for a long time in Seattle. And I like the Mariners to upset the Astros in the West. You don't
1: bet against Tom, and I'm no longer betting against the Astros. The Astros.
0: It's fair. Totally fair. Who you got in the wild card?
1: Mariners, Guardians, and the Blue Jays. Uh, all teams that I think are can easily win uh, those divisions, depending on what type of year they have, but those are my three picks right there for
0: wildcard. I love it. I'm uh, going a little similar. We have all this, kind of the same teams here. Astros, I think this Blue Jay team's really, really good. They Their pitching staff got better vlad jr bo Bichette, you know J- george springer um they lost to Oscar hernandez to the mariners but um i still think this is a great offense and kevin gosman is an underrated league great pitcher um so i i like i like the blue jays there and uh i picked the angels it drive i don't know why <laughs> just maybe for the hope of like mike trout getting to the playoffs for this second time in his career which is crazy because he's the best player of our generation of this of the last decade and he's been to the playoffs once he's has three career playoff games and they got swept i think it was 2014 that's wild so you'd figure i mean a lot has been said about otani and trout and the end of the world baseball classic but both these guys on the same team Otani's a free agent at the end of the year. Just you know, if the Angels don't make it to the playoffs this year, I don't know how they're going to get there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, nothing? <laughs> okay. I just don't bet
0: on the Angels at all. I, I'm not. I wouldn't bet. I'm just saying if mm. they can't do it, you know, with two generational talents, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Mm. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the uh the east where i think last year i picked the mets you sure and, did and i really liked where they were going and uh having i think i said the adult in the room and it made a difference until it didn't and the end of the year uh just completely fell apart again
1: the uh, mets met is what they you mean. Met,
0: they met it pretty pretty hard man mm-hmm. um but you know no more to Gram. Justin Verlander's here they famously have spent a zillion dollars this offseason upgraded their their team and and their stadium um so i'm i'm picking the Braves though <laughs> all that said i just think they're the Braves are the best complete team in the the NL East uh they got Sean Murphy Matt Olson um you know Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and Spencer Strider almost won rookie of the year last year as a pitcher if it wasn't for his teammate michael harris so they're they're in good hands the uh future of of the braves is pretty bright and i think it would be like their sixth straight uh division title too if, if they were able to pull it off i know you have the braves too that's cool great minds yep got nothing to say about that nl central this is this is great i got the cardinals I just think they're they're really they're better than everyone else.
1: I have the Cardinals because it's two of their Hall of Famers last year, and I think they're going to try to show out. So should be interesting to see. But they also have Arenado and uh, what's his name, Paul Goldschmidt. Thank you. So uh, yeah, they they're built for it. So that's who I have as well.
0: NL West. Uh, we both have the Padres here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Dodgers are going to take a bit of a step back. They're playing a lot of younger guys. I don't think their pitching is as strong as it has been. They've lost Trey Turner, too. Um, but, you know, they always find a way, whether they're spending a lot of money or not, to be there. They have a lot of good young talent coming or already here. I think they have one of the best farm systems in baseball, and that's crazy because they all they do, I feel like, is – send away prospects for big name talent um so just a testament to to what the front office does but the Padres just spend and spend and spend they have Juan Soto in a walk here Fernando Tatis will be back after the first couple of weeks of the season and uh you know the Xander Bogarts and they've spent a ton of money elsewhere um so I I, I like this Padre team and and they're I, I really like their pitching too. So I'm I'm gonna pick the Padres that they uh they finally win the NL West. I know you have the Padres too. Uh what's his name? He's coming back this year. Tatis. Yep. Yeah, April 20th is he's eligible to play after his suspension. It's over. yep. That's why I chose them.
1: Soto, Manny Machado, him. Oh yeah, Manny too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, not hard uh hard team to pitch around so if you could tell me where they're getting
0: all this money that'd be great too I couldn't tell you that my
1: friend (laughs)
0: you're on your own on that one uh for wild card I got the Dodgers just mentioned them got the Mets mentioned (laughs) them and I I have the Phillies um it's gonna be a tough NL East Bryce Harper had Tommy John surgery but they're not putting him on the 60 day IL, so he could be back sooner than than everyone thinks and uh you know I just like I like this Philly team and um, they certainly have the bats to to uh to hit in this in this league for sure. So that'd be my third wild card team. You have the Dodgers, Phillies and Giants. Yep, the NL West is- I I think they're just stacked in NLS, NL West. So with
1: the Padres and Dodgers and Giants, uh Giants have been right there with the Dodgers for pretty much years now. Um and obviously the Padres have been just ascending at this point in time. But then I also love what the Phillies did last year, uh, what they did uh, to get Trey Turner, uh, which is crazy too. I I love that for them. Um, So they, they are continuing to get better and shout out to Philly for Philly sports. Uh, You literally have baseball, basketball, and football uh, all going right now. You just need your Sixers to get to, uh, to the finals and they have the pieces. We'll just see what happens with that. But yeah. Yeah. Very, very intrigued. I will never pick the Mets in this because I've lived in New York and I watch what the Mets do. <laughs> Somehow, some way they always seem to choke. And I feel bad for Mets fans. That's definitely not a shot at them because I really enjoy their colors and the history of the Mets. But uh yeah,
0: no. The history of the Mets. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. I like I I don't have anything against the Mets. I like, I was telling you, I like going to City Field. Um, I think they do everything right. I think they have an owner that is certainly financially committed, but in other ways too committed to to uh win and own a own a team and do it the right way. And I like that he's pushing. You know, he's making some of these other owners scared. You know, <laughs> and whether they'll admit it or not, the pocketbook is open. It's endless uh, for Steve Cohen there. So that'll be fun to watch. Who you got in the World Series? Yankees and the priests. I same, bro, same. Yeah, Yankees and the priest. That's, I, I got Yankees. Yankees over the Padres. Mm-hmm. Just again, I'm being a homer and a fan here, but I think they're. Um, I think these are the two best teams of baseball, uh, arguably. Thinking about it, yeah, two best teams of baseball in my opinion, and I I look forward to it um, happening. I, think I haven't we chosen had this... the yankees in a while so i yeah. decided to go with them for i think once. we had uh the padres in the world series last year or the year before hasn't quite yeah. worked out for us but uh well you, you made tatis what? for that last year so yeah it was a bummer and for all the fantasy baseball teams i stashed them mm-hmm. in so uh that's a that's for another day uh the fact that they move him to the outfield and signed xander bogarts too it's like okay um but prediction time since we're on the uh prediction road AL MVP who you got
1: well we both have shohei otani otani excuse me um and i honestly still you said something about trout being uh the best player that we've seen in, in our generation i think otani is is slowly not slowly quickly creeping up on that he might be the greatest baseball player i have ever seen in my whole entire life you can you can he, make that I, argument. absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: You totally can.
1: It's not, and it's, it would sound crazy with other people. I, it does not sound crazy to me. This man could literally go out and pitch, strike you the hell out, and then turn right around and go and hit the ball out of the damn park and then go back to pitching again. Um, yeah, probably I I enjoy his talent and what he's doing for baseball to see what Pedro Martinez said to him after the World Baseball Classic and saying, for all the baseball players that watch the game, love the game, we appreciate you so much and want to give you your flowers for what you're doing right now is absolutely amazing because it is. It really, really is. And I don't, again, I don't think it gets talked about enough outside of baseball, but it really, really should because what he's doing is phenomenal. So,
0: Otani. Yeah, you know, he gets a lot of hype. And when he's on the national stage, the broadcasts like to really go in on it and overhype everything. I Not overhype. I I think because of that he's almost underrated because of the amount of attention he gets. The if a lot of people have said and you saw it in the ninth inning of the last WBC game, like if he just concentrated on being a pitcher, he would be arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's it's he's not far off from there. I I mean he's like he's Jacob DeGrom as any. And he hits like a, you know, a generational talent too. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And he's going to break the bank.
1: One Yankees.
0: <laughs> and the Yankees famously were after him in, in 2018, but he wanted to stay on the West coast and who knows the approach now, but this guy, this guy wants to play. He he took the ball in the ninth inning. It was not an easy lineup. And, uh, you know, you saw it and again he could easily make 60 million dollars a year um if, if everything pans out there because he's a 30 million dollar hitter and pitcher it's just wild dude al cy young sam garrett cole you have and i have jacob Degrom. why do you have Cole? i just think it's you know he's been he's been in the the running for a while he's never won a, a cy young i just i think not enough people are talking about him even though he's one of the better pitchers in the in majors i just think it's this time and i'm being a homer here yeah i'm
1: i'm not going to be a homer here because uh i don't trust garrett cole anymore and i haven't for quite some time even though and that hurts my soul being a yankee fan uh i know he's still an ace i know he's still the ace of the team uh but i just why my eye te- the eye test tells me i can't trust him right now. Um DeGrom I can't trust him for his body just breaking down on him but when he is not broken down uh he is the best pitcher in baseball and I feel that like he's going to have a bounce back year uh especially being his first year in the AL so I'm very very curious to see what he does but that is my AL Cy Young. Of
0: the year. I would I would hope that Jacob DeGrom could be a Cy Young. Winner again? I just he's already hurt. I just I don't see it, man. Um I I I hope I'm wrong cuz even like all of those great young pitchers that Mets had years and years ago, I always thought Jacob DeGrom was the best one and he didn't get the hype of Harvey or, um, you know, uh Cindergard but I, I just always thought he was the best one. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame that in, he really hasn't pitched, but when he does pitch, he's the last couple of years, he's been great. So I, I hope you're right there. Um, Rookie of the year, both have Anthony Volpe. I wax poetic at the, the top of this segment about it. I don't have, go anymore um you know there's some other good young talent in the al um the uh yoshida the japanese outfielder that the you saw him hit cleanup for the japan team red Sox. uh, right he's on the red Sox. yep he's going to play outfield he's either going to lead off or bat fourth so i mean that's you know lineup certainly not what it used to be but you know it's it's a good place to hit and you know the he's uh the real deal, if you listen to scouts and the, the Red Sox love him. So, I mean, we saw what he did WBC there, too. Um, I remember I remember the days the Yankees used to get damn near all the Japanese prospects. I miss those
1: days. Um Yeah, I, I, I got Volpe. Um, I, I'd say it's the the Homer pick, as Sam has alluded to before. But I've I've watched him and watch what he's done and watch how he's been talked about. Not only within New York, but outside of New York and being uh, the North five prospect in all of baseball and how he's played and consistently carried himself. He has that demeanor of a champion already Um, and how uh, the legends have spoken about him. They don't just clamor about anybody. Uh, So I'm putting a lot of stock into this young man and I think he can absolutely
0: pull this off. So just the what Aaron Judge has publicly said about him has you know has got to get your attention uh for sure it's taken kind of taken him under his wing called him up after he he got the news called him and said so you're packing your bags to go to Scranton?" so it's just kind of you know it seems like they're good rapport there but you know just really good humble kid we had you know the you know he played baseball minutes from us for for a whole season uh in uh for the hudson valley renegade so it's just just uh you know maybe just a, a closer to home pick here but um i i just think uh sky's the limit he's just uh he's gonna be special i hope i hope uh mvp on the nl side i'm going trey turner uh that grand slam in the in the wbc was certainly something but i just think his style of play in that ballpark no you know famously small ballpark i think uh trey turner is going to to explode this year um bigger bases he's already steals a ton um hits for average hits for power real really good second baseman um you know i i I just like uh i like the move for philly um especially because they're just a bad defensive team and um you know i i think he's he's gonna win the mvp
1: i have juan soto uh he has machado uh and why the hell do i keep letting his name slip my mind Batiste. thank you um surrounding him i think he's going to absolutely tear up the nl so i'm just uh waiting to see what happens with him so so lockier
0: too going to be a free agent at the end of the year and mm-hmm. uh already getting a lot of you know some absurd figures are being thrown around of how much money he could make um make at the uh next season uh Cy Young I think I picked him last year too Corbin Burns the Brewers I dude he's stuff he's just he's incredible even when he was coming up he he had some control issues but he's certainly harnessed that famously the Brewers kind of um did him dirty during arbitration kind of said a a lot of things arbitration is a tough process for for anyone but these players take it really seriously I don't think he's long to be with the Brewers. They're not a very good team, but he's he's a special kind of talent and if he's not traded at the deadline, he'll certainly be traded in the offseason. Uh but there's no love lost there. He's um I mentioned scorched earth recently. I, I just think Corbin Burns is going to have a a big year and be an a Cy Young winner again. Max Scherzer for me. Um
1: so he's like Max like his demeanor. Uh, He's kind of a dick at times, and I like that about him. Uh, But his his stuff is filthy. It continues to be filthy even as he gets older. Uh, That's why I have so much respect for Verlander, uh, who was my original choice, uh, because those two, they're they're ageless wonders, in my opinion. They can just pitch. I don't care. I haven't Verlander's velocity dropped. I really, Scherzer's has dropped a little bit, but, his stuff was always playing off of his fastball, which was absolutely filthy. Yeah. Um, and he's going to continue to do that. So Scherzer for me.
0: Yeah. You you get rid of the You add Justin Verlander, even though he's significant four or five years older, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's a legend. He's first ballot hall of famer, no doubt. Um, so I, I think it'll be a, it'll be fun to watch the, both of them pitch in, uh, in Queens there, but Rookie of the year. I was going back and forth between this uh this pick here. Came up as a third baseman, gonna probably just play the outfield Jordan because of some guy named Nolan Arenado, but Jordan Walker, um, I think he's the number four prospect in all of baseball. He's just he's got crazy power, big dude, can fly. Um, you know, had a really good spring until he got uh he got hurt a little bit. And, uh, you know, didn't quite rebound enough, but has made the opening day roster and will probably have that left field job, even though there's a lot of outfielders in St. Louis. And we'll have that job if unless he doesn't perform. But this this guy's got um, uber talent, I would say my runner up would be Corbin Carroll, who uh, just signed a huge deal with the Diamondbacks, one or two number overall pick, depending on who you ask but the, this kid can fly good defensive player um uh, I like him too he's probably the favorite to win rookie of the year but um I I've been sending you Jordan Walker clips all off season I'm really really excited about this kid so um I'll, I'll that's think. the reason I made my choice just solely off of Sam
1: sending me stuff I don't know too much about him but I'm sure I will uh and I really didn't have anybody else to choose to be completely transparent so Jordan Walker it is
0: yeah there you go. Baseball season underway on uh on Thursday. So, I'm sure we'll we'll dabble in some baseball news as as the season gets underway, but always a great time of the year. We have uh Masters coming up next weekend, some big uh Formula 1 races, UFC, basketball playoffs, which we're going to get into right now. And uh our Rangers are doing really well too, but uh quick NBA news. I, I kind of we want to talk about the playoffs only being a couple weeks away and kind of how everything stands as of right now, but just some, some NBA news. Finally, KD, Kevin Durant expected to make his son's home debut Wednesday, tomorrow, today, whatever, uh, against the Timberwolves. So he, he suffered. You remember, uh, I know you remember Brandon, he got this uh, freak accident, freak sprain while doing warmups on March 8th and he missed the last 10 games but when he was on the floor for phoenix he was just doing absurd kevin durant things um and he's just um you know just shows you why he's he's the best so what uh what do you expect with kevin durant only a handful of games left in the season what like nine, nine or ten games if that left in the season what do you expect from, what do you think uh, i expect let's, let's start there what do you think? I, I think you're going to say he's the best, uh, one of the best mid range shooters of all time. Uh, he's one of
1: the best scorer of all time, uh, if one not, of the, the, if best not the best scorer of all, scorer all, time. Of all time. Yeah. And, so uh, uh, I'm not worried about what <laughs> Kevin Durant is going to do, because uh, Kevin Durant is this. That's his love. He, all his whole time in Brooklyn, even with all the Kyrie situation going on. Kevin played throughout it all. He came over hurt. He played throughout it all. And the only time he didn't play is when he was hurt. But when he played just like anywhere else he was, he played when he was able to. He could. So he's going to average what he's going to average. He's pretty much unstoppable. When he shoots a jump shot, he's pretty much seven foot two. And that's
0: damn near impossible to stop. So Kevin is just going to do
1: Kevin things. So that's
0: enough time, you think, for the Suns to kind of I mean, there's endless talent on this on you're saying it for the suns to gel with Kevin Durant i mean I, I mean in 3 games they've won all 3 of the games that he played in right and he was he almost had 27 points absurd 70% shooting in those games we know how good kevin durant is you think it's enough time you know what do you expect from the suns in the west i you know i know it's a every day's an adventure there but um you think it's enough time for that
1: I, I mean, I don't think it's enough time for the role players to really gel. I don't think it's going to be an issue really for Kevin, Chris Paul, and D. Book. Uh, they've played together in, on uh, what you call Olympic teams, so they have that familiarity. That's one of the reasons why Kevin wanted to go there is because he had that familiarity with Booker and, and CP3 uh, and what they already have built. I mean you have DeAndre Ayton there so I think with just the the starting pieces I don't think there's going to be an issue I think it's just with the the role players and how that's going to mission and uh Monty creating the lineups for the playoffs that that part is going to be interesting to see how that plays out but I think all in all when you have talent like that with just D bookie and KD alone I think you can get through a lot um because they're they're not mental cases they both love to ball so that uh, I don't think there's going to be an issue um let's go to his former teammate Ben Simmons. Lovely old Ben Simmons uh is back in the news with the Nets and not for good reason. Uh the Nets are shutting Ben Simmons down for the rest of the season. Uh, Jock Vaughn said on Tuesday uh Ben will not be joining us the rest of the year and through the playoffs uh after practice. So Simmons hasn't played with the Nets since the final game uh before the All-Star break last month. Uh, because of nerve issues in his back, uh, he, he's missed a total of 33 games this season uh, with knee and back injury. And as of now, the Nets said they don't expect him uh, to need surgery this summer. Now, uh, as a Nets fan uh, and having this guy on a team, I'm truly concerned with him mentally. Because this is not the only team that he's done this with. Uh, he's done it with the Sixers. And it's just crazy to see a guy that it was an all-star caliber, uh, damn near MVP, turn out to be like this. Now, I know he he was engaged. Uh, he was going through a situation that he's no longer, um, you know, he was going through the trauma, of having to go back with the Sixers and hearing everybody, Philly fans, talking about him and his injuries, not playing, uh, playing with Kevin and, and Kyrie and not playing at all uh, you have all this money thrown at you the Nets went out and took a chance on you to fit in there and you just consistently do not play I don't know if Ben I've said it before I don't know if he's mentally here uh, and and willing to play basketball anymore I think he might need to step away from the game If if I'm going to be completely honest I don't know What's going on with him? But he does not sound like he's committed to basketball right now. And if it's truly because of injuries this much, uh, I don't know what he needs to do to get his body right uh, outside of conditioning and really get with somebody in that and mobility wise. But <laughs> I'm I'm over the Ben Simmons situation. I was optimistic and hoping because I always hope for somebody to get a second chance. But I could give a damn less what Ben Simmons does now, and I. I hope he just retires so the nets don't have to worry about him so yeah
0: you know certainly i think i think we have both said and would say now obviously his mental health is you know top priority here but you know is it just his it's it feels weird to even speculate but like certainly he has you mentioned knee and back injuries right but like is it his just the hurdle of trying to come back from these games? Like, is it imposter syndrome in a way where he just kind of doesn't feel like he can he can do this? Is you know, it's just it's so strange. It's the second team. This has happened. He really hasn't played any meaningful basketball since that playoff series against the uh the Heat, right? Was it the Heat? The Celtics? What was that series where he was like with the 76ers, you know. I think it was the heat. Yeah, I think it was the heat. I think it just was the heat missing kind of those layups and and yeah, kind of passing the ball when he out had layup. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. like since then we have not seen Ben Simmons play meaningful basketball. It's wild. And you mentioned almost winning an MVP. He almost won an MVP, and he can't shoot. That's why. Like, how good do you need to be to almost win an MVP and not be able to? hit a three in today's basketball, uh, today's basketball
1: or a be two pointer at that. Yeah.
0: To, to be a mid range shooter. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he survives on great deep. He survived on great defense and, and attacking you know, the driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Driving to the lane. Like, and you don't see any of uh, the limited amount of time. He was on the floor. You don't see any of that. I mean, he was he pretty damn near. In, ulcer break.
1: At one point he was damn near unstoppable. That combo with him and Ben Simmons was, was unstoppable at one point in time it's just i don't know i think i think everything just finally got to him and he let the outside world affect him which i can't ever speak on that because i'm not him i don't have millions of people watching me on tv and and talking about me so can't ever speak to that but it's at least not yet but yeah that's uh I'm I'm over this whole Ben Simmons situation. I'm sure a lot of basketball fans are just over in general. It's just either you're playing or you're not, and if you're not mentally there to play, then just retire. Just, but I know it. To me, it just feels like a money grab at this point. I again, I it just doesn't feel right. So,
0: yeah, obviously want him to do what's best for him, but he's signed a max deal, and I don't. I think it'd be pretty hard to to walk away from thirty million dollars annually. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long he's got left on that deal, but um I think it's a, a couple years. So yeah, wish him the best. But I you know, I, I was going to originally ask, you know, what what do you think? Can he ever regain this, get back to what even we saw a couple years ago? And I I just I, I agree with you. If this was a do you care segment, as a basketball player I just don't care about Ben Simmons um he's he's a non-factor you know he was thrown into that hardened deal just to make the money work and see if they you know a new scenery can can help the talent that he has and you know hopefully he he gets better and uh feels more confident and maybe he could help this team or another team but um yeah I, I don't buy it I don't see it but Uh, Speaking of the East, I mean, we'll just, we'll get into uh, kind of playoffs only a couple weeks away. The playing games start April 11th uh, through April 14th and round one of the playoffs begins Saturday, April 15th. And, uh, you know, right now, just looking at the seven through 10 seeds, these would be the bubble teams, the teams that would play in the play in Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors and the Bulls, and certainly, uh, you know. Uh, You could throw in there the Wizards, the Pacers, and the Magic. They're all about 21, 21 and a half games behind first place. But it kind of seems like it's sealed in the East. That'll be these four teams in the playoffs. And of course, the Bucks and Celtics leading the way um, record-wise. 76ers, Cavs, Knicks, and the Nets uh, right now at the sixth seed, even though they've been will probably interchange with, with Miami at this point. So thoughts on uh, the East or any potential matchups as, as of right now, March 28th? Are you asking me yeah, like, which matchups for the play-in or for the playoffs Yeah, in who general? do you think makes, what do you think the last four, the final four, if you will, in the East look like here? Again, I just mentioned either the Nets or the Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. You feel pretty confident about about
1: that uh yeah yeah I don't I don't really trust any of the 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 teams that are in contention as the Wizards the Pacers or Magic I don't trust them in in getting up I mean but Chicago really hasn't been playing great there's a lot going on especially with the Lonzo Ball situation Zach Levine not really wanting to be there and him and his problems with the front office uh I mean DeRozan is just essentially stuck there it's crazy that we don't even hear about, uh, him. Yeah, talk about it's, him. It's it's sad. Uh, the Raptors to see what they used to be. Uh, I mean, they're like what three three four years removed from winning a a championship, and then still having some of those pieces and just being uh, a, a nine seed. Uh, the the Hawks. You got uh, what's my man's name? Uh, I can Why am I losing names today? I Trey don't Young. know what the hell is going on in my head, but Trey Young. So, uh um, situation uh down there with atlanta and and just seeing like it's it's crazy to see what they had when they played the knicks and that that now infamous series uh of the the ice cold and shivering and 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 you know showing up Knicks fans which is fun to see that but i don't know i i think the only one that it can be interchangeable really here is is the nets and and the heat and that depends on what the nets decide to do and what the heat try to do because time. That the heat wake up and and start to play. Um but I also again I, I love the Nets young core, but I don't know. I don't know if they have enough to
0: to outlast the Heat in their push, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean if you're the Nets, you know, I, I like this young new Nets team like like you do. I mean you're kind of just playing with house money at this point. You didn't expect to still, you know, if the playoffs were today, you wouldn't even be in playing game like that's that's great mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just you're playing with house money so um you know we'll see there the number eight seed would play the bucks right now so if it you know if there were no plans it'd be the hawks and the bucks celtics would play the number seven seed which would be either the nets or the heat so there's that and 76ers nets and and calves Knicks would would be the other matchups as of today so it's pretty uh it's it's gonna be fun it's going to be fun basketball on both uh both conferences here. I know we spent a lot of time talking about the West and you know how interchangeable all that is and the talent you know LeBron's back now playing with the Lakers can, can do they have enough can they turn around in a couple weeks uh but I, you know the East is sneaky good. Like I mean the Bucks just won the title, Celtics you could have made the argument could have won the title, 76ers, how come they haven't won a title? You know, I like what the Cavs have done, like, you know, how the Knicks are playing. It like anything anything could happen, but th- these teams are are, you know, have some of the best players in the league on it and just have been playing really well. So I think it'll be fun on that regard. If we go over to the West though, um, you know, Nuggets have a three and a half game lead on the Grizzlies. Grizzlies continuing to uh to play. Now they have uh, you know, John Morant back and um you know sacramento kings who saw that coming but they're they're the three seed Suns four seed clippers um five seed and the timberwolves are right there as a sixth seed and then this is where it gets interesting uh golden state this would be the seventh seed as of right now and then uh new orleans right behind them the lakers and the thunder and certainly uh the mavs and the jazz are are right within striking distance too of of those playing games so this could be completely different at the end of the week as we've been saying all year but um it's it's really shaping up to be uh a fun last couple weeks in the nba calendar and uh you know as it as the season's been pretty much um pretty much all year (laughs) that was a segue to you That that was that was was cool
1: sam uh (laughs) I uh, what did I do wrong? wrong? You did nothing you wrong, you did nothing wrong. Jeez, oh my god, Sam Hush. Uh, so, with the West, I'm so you tell me the hush, so intrigued. Yes, I could have said way worse. Hush was nice. Um, <laughs> <That's fair>. <laughs> goodness <laughs> gracious, um, it's still going. This guy, um, uh, yeah, I love what's going on in the West. Uh, it's literally the separation of a couple games, a game and a half, a game. Um, this is going to be a wild ride as we wait to see what is going to happen and who is going to fill out the playing game. Uh, knowing that Portland basically sat Dame is done for the rest of the year, which there's no point to playing Dame to have him potentially get injured. I know he wants to play, but there's no need to to have him do that at all. Um, I'm just I'm I'm ready to watch the show. I have my popcorn ready. I'm ready to watch the show because this is going to be this is gonna be a circus. But uh seeing that the Golden State Warriors have the chance, like they, they just need to get into the tournament. That's all they need is to get into the tournament. I don't know which team we're gonna get. I, I think missing Andrew Wiggins with his crazy situation. Um, uh, I think that he, he's a key piece to them potentially going back. Uh, the Pelicans, I mean, you you don't know what you're getting with Zion, if he's going to be healthy or not. Again, he could be on the outside looking in at the Pelicans in the playoffs. Um, Lakers, that is the very – that's the team that everybody wants to see what's going to happen there is the Lakers um, and what they do. Uh, but also another team is the Mavs. They, you went out and got Kyrie, and people are blaming Kyrie as if it's his fault, but the Mavs were bad before this. You have Luka, and they might end up losing Luka soon because this they haven't been able to put the pieces together. They had Jalen Brunson, who's doing his thing with the Knicks. You wait and got, got got Kyrie, and you still aren't doing anything. Um, and I think it's really surrounding pieces, and they lost a lot of good pieces. So I'm just intrigued, Sam. I, I'm curious to see what is going to happen uh, for sure. I, I'm really just interested to see what happens with the Lakers and the Warriors. That's, that's what I'm really looking at for sure.
0: Yeah, I, the I mean the the history of of these teams, the recent history and the talent that's on these teams, certainly you know you're never going to count them out, but um, you know time is time's running out, so be interested to see that. But yeah, as as you mentioned, anywhere from like you know the Suns at the Suns are 11 games back as the four seed, and Oakland Oklahoma City is 14 games back as the 10 seed hell the jazz are 16 games back so five games separate four through 12 like you know it one bad slide by you know one of these teams that we would assume is a lock and all of a sudden they're playing a playing game and i i really like the the playing format for this the one game elimination kind of brings you know even more urgency to it in a set in a in a league, in a game where the playoffs drag on forever. As I mentioned, April 4th, April 15th is the official start of the playoffs, if you don't consider these bubble teams in. And the the finals don't start till June 1st. So the, the NBA playoffs are its own season, but I, I like this sense of kind of urgency with these playing games. They're a lot of fun to watch. Cool.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, no, do you care this week? We went a little long, but thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and the Chasing Points podcast. Make sure to uh, tell your friends, leave us a a nice review on Apple Podcasts and give us those five stars. It it really goes a long way in helping uh, people find our podcast. So we appreciate all of that. So for Brandon, my name's Sam. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: It's getting warm outside. Bye, winter. I hate you.